Welcome to the Tour Junkies Golf Podcast. This is a good one. We start our course breakdown at the 41-minute mark. Our picks start at the 49-minute mark. A fantastic chunk-and-run segment where we talk about that guy, that punchable face guy in high school, and a couple of good stories, including Pat getting into a little carfuffle on a church trip. And we're going to call some guys out by name. In the beginning of the podcast, we're going to have some hot takes about Jordan Spieth and a lot about Bryson DeChambeau, including some conspiracy theories and uh, a lot of fun stuff. You don't want to miss this one. This one is presented to you by our friends at BenHoganGolf.com. Ben Hogan has sent us golf clubs. I am now hitting their driver exclusively because it is the most accurate driver that I've ever hit because I need accuracy. I can hit a long way, but that dadgum Ben Hogan driver keeps me in the fairway. I've also put their putter in the bag, Pat's doing the same thing. You get handmade custom to order clubs made right here in the USA in Fort Worth. Ben Hogan brand is back. They are better than ever. And the best part is they are direct to consumer. No retail markup. So the only place you can get them is BenHoganGolf.com. And when you go to BenHoganGolf.com and use promo code TOURJUNKIES when you order, you get an additional 10% off an already heavily discounted product because they don't have the retail markup. So if you're in the market for putters, wedges, irons, drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, utility irons, whatever it is, go to BenHogan.com golf.com use promo code tour junkies and get yourself those really pretty sexy clubs now enjoy the podcast let's get to it oh man i am excited to get into this one pat i'm excited we are live on youtube we are streaming to the world and uh, this is the BMW Championship Podcast. I'm your host, David Barnett, joined by my co-host, Patrick Perry. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm doing fantastic you know, I, today. I doubt we have any first-time listeners for the BMW Championship 2019, but just in case, Probably I wanted not. to get that out of the way. Um, but it's a great evening. We've got a jam-packed show for you tonight, including some breakdown of the BMW, some players we like, the strategy in approaching this FedEx Cup playoff event with only 70 guys and uh, no cut. Uh, but we're also going to talk some hot takes. We we can't we I can't wait. And if you know, here's the deal: if you're if you're one of those guys, you're like I'm tired of hearing about Bryson. I'm tired of hearing about slow play. I'm tired of hearing all the same old stuff. Beat, beating the drum. That's fine. Totally understand. Um, you probably want to skip forward a little bit and or put us on time and a half, you know what I mean, and listen a little quicker because uh, it's just what we do. There's, there's plenty of people that aren't that listen to us that aren't on Twitter, so they don't get inundated with all the, all the tweets and all that stuff. I will say this, though, Pat. If you followed us on Instagram lately, in the last month or so, our, our Instagram game has jumped up a lot of levels. Oh, yeah. A, a lot of levels. Yes. Um, you're missing out if you're if you're not following us on Instagram at tour underscore junkies, and and this past weekend was no exception. We had some flaming hot Instagram Instagram posts about the weekend's activities, and again, if you're tired of hearing about it, I get it. This will be the we we we'll we'll slow down. We'll pump the brakes after tonight. We're not going to hammer you with that. You know what I mean, Pat? I know I know you don't want to do that. Yes. How are you doing tonight, buddy, by the way? I meant to ask you that. What's I'm, the I'm doing great. I got a little um, transfusion tonight. Uh, it's, it's transfusion season, you know, being here in the summer. Ooh. And 
So that's what I'm going with. Um, yeah, feeling good. I had a good week on DK, finally, after a while. I had a, had a really good profit last week, so pretty excited. I was on Patrick Reed. I mentioned him on the show, uh, in case uh, you didn't happen to hear that. Um, you did, yes, very so, good. And if DJ had come through for me over the weekend, it would have probably been a pretty yeah, magical week. It would have been a magical week for me. Uh, but yeah. that was not the case. So I'm blaming DJ, yeah. but I still did have a, a very good profit, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, I'm excited about the Instagram page. You know, I even had a few it's synaps- going really well. I had a few synapses fire over the weekend and, and had, had a couple yeah. of decent ideas. So I was, I was pretty excited about that. And um, pretty radical. So, yeah, the season's winding down. I, I'd be lying if I, I wouldn't. I wasn't. Wouldn't tell you that I am. Uh, I'm ready for a break after next week. Now it's only going to be a two-week break, but I'm, I'm a little bit ready for that because we get get football season. Get to kind of enjoy the first couple weeks of that, and then we'll get back into the grind of another uh, season where they've added more events in the fall. Uh, we might have opinion, yeah. opinions on that later, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I, while, while we're talking about the Instagram, I'm gonna I'm gonna go live real quick, um, and just while we're on Instagram, and just let people know that they can join in on the show. We're actually recording the show right now live, and people on Instagram can hop on YouTube and follow us. And there's Pat. There he is. Pat, wave to the camera. Wave. Yep. And so you can, yeah, you guys can participate in the show if you just join on YouTube. And uh, watch along. We love it when people watch. They comment. So far, Josh Kistler is already on YouTube saying, there's Pat's punchable face, which is always fun. Uh, so, yeah, hop over on the YouTube channel of the Tour Junkies and watch along if you're uh, not doing that already. While, while we're here, I also while we're kind of like promoting ourselves, you know, <laughs> I got to say this, Pat. A couple new things came in the mail today, and I'm pretty excited about them. Um, first of all, are these two lovely stickers? Look at look at these new stickers we got here. Whoop, wait, this is really confusing. All right, I'll just show you one at a time. Here's here's the first one. Bet on golf, little Golby head, tour junkies, very nice sticker, a little four by four square sticker there. And then and then I like this one. This one's my favorite there. A little green action, bet on golf. You know, put that on your car, your MacBook, your laptop, your uh, or or I was actually inspired by our boy Bill uh, that won our contest. Let's just let's just get a bunch of these out to the listeners and put them all over, you know, golf courses. You know, let's let's deface public property. I think that would be fun with those stickers. And anybody that orders anything out of the Tour Junkies shop is going to get uh, some stickers. So please do that. Also, the other thing that came in the mail is this shirt that I'm wearing, which is hard to see right now, but it's it's our Aaron Fleener, um, our Aaron Fleener shirt. I have not received mine yet. I spent last night in the arms of a girl in Louisiana. Uh, beautiful shirt, only twenty dollars. Very cool shirt. So I'm wearing that tonight too, in honor of our boy Aaron Fleener, JT Poston's caddy. So uh, yeah, there's some good stuff going on. Good stuff going on. Um, Pat, did you say the podcast juice? What are you drinking right now? Uh, man, you are you are just all over the. You're so I was ex- checked out. I was. You're so was excited to, to, to get into to, to get into Bryson that you're forgetting things you just said. I said it was a transfusion. You checked out. You were too excited. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Um, well, I am I am back on the. I'm starting off with the tequila thing that that Aaron put us on. So I got a little tequila soda and a nice orange wedge right now that I'm enjoying, but. 
Um, and I started a little early. My throat's been bothering me, so I started a little early. Maybe it'll relax a little bit. So sh- this could be a good good night for me, I'm thinking. But I'm excited to get into it, man. Uh, let's let's move quickly here just through this first part. Patrick Reed won the golf tournament. Patrick Reed won the Northern Trust. You said that, yep, you talked about him on the show. I said, you know, maybe it's time to fade him. He played a lot of golf lately, but I, I did say I can't really think of another reason to fade him. He's playing well. And you said, yeah, he's a GPP play for me. He's a tournament play for me. He came out and he took it. Um, that was that. Something that happened. I mean, any other comments on that? It just is. No, I, don't I mean, wanna, yeah, Patrick yeah. Reed won. Yeah. yeah. Um, and something else happened before we get to the Bryson thing. I, I got a comment on this. Jordan Spieth. I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jordan Spieth. Um, the guy. So, so I noticed. I noticed on. Wednesday, that the Barstool foreplay crowd um, had put out a video, and Trent uh, Trent was making his selections on who he felt like was a good pick to win the Northern Trust, and he selected Jordan Spieth at 45-1. to 1. I retweeted it and made a little, little jab, it was just a little jab, at the analysis that he gave um, in picking Jordan Spieth. I basically just said, there's no way Jordan Spieth's winning this golf tournament, and if he does, I will shave my head live for all the people to see, which is not a big deal, I know, because you know, I'm usually pretty high and tight, but nonetheless, I said I would do it, and I got a lot of reaction. In, in fact, our buddy Jeff Feinberg, who does the show over there, Pat Mayo, uh, who has a very nice head of lettuce on him that he's been nice. working on for a long time, yeah, yeah. also also got in it and said, I'm with you, DB. I'll shave my head if Jordan Spieth wins this golf tournament. And uh, a lot of listeners chiming in, a lot of followers chiming in, saying, you know, they're going for Jordan, they want to see it. A lot of Barstool people who had no idea who we were saying, oh, who are you, screw you, go Jordan. Um, it was a lot of fun. And then, and then Thursday happened, and uh, he, was the, he was the first round leader for a long time until DJ put up the 12 under number. But um, we had a lot of chirping, a lot of chirping. But see... I feel like I feel like a lot of the chirping on Thursday and Friday was from the stoolies, you know, it was from the stoolies that have no idea. They don't watch enough PGA Tour golf to understand what happens here, and they definitely haven't been watching Jordan enough lately to understand that he's going to have a blow-up round. That, yes, he's flashed some form. Yes, he's put together a few good rounds here in the last few weeks, but he is yet to put four together. And my point on Wednesday was... If you are going to win the golf tournament, and that is what you're betting on at Jordan at 45-1 to to win outright. He had no each-way odds. It was not a top five, not a top ten. It was a outright winning bet at 45-1. to My point was the value for Jordan is terrible at that number considering other people around him. I even took a screenshot of the guys in the 40-50-1 to to range that I felt like were better odds than Jordan to win, uh, one of which was Patrick Reed in that screenshot who obviously won, and then Adam Scott was also in that screenshot who also finished better than Jordan. My point was there's a lot better value considering that Jordan hasn't been able to put four together. And in a tournament where the best 125 players who have been playing that season are in the field, 122 players are in the field, you can't can't get away with the crap he, he tries to get away with to me. And so... Uh, you know, I, I didn't say anything Thursday and Friday. We were getting chirped a lot. I, I was getting chirped a lot, you know, from the from the, the, the folks wanting, you know, wondering if I was stressing out. Were you were you worried, Pat? Were you worried for me? Have you checked out even to this point a little I bit? I was, well, one thing you said, just said, um, triggered something, but 
you um, – by the way, I don't think Jordan's worried. I don't think he's, he's trying to get away with anything. I think if he wants if – if he could hit a fairway, he would like to hit a fairway. He's not trying to get away with anything on the course. I don't know what that really means, you know. But other than that, yeah, I was really pulling for Jordan to win. I really wanted all of this to happen. All of it. <laughs> so. um, well, I – to to me, it's like I don't know. It was just a, it was just a dumb bet to me. It's a it's a stupid bet to me when he's done what he's done before this past week. Two of the last three golf tournaments, he has shot opening rounds in the 60s and then shot seventy sevens uh, in two different tournaments. He followed it up with a seventy seven in two different tournaments of his last three prior to the Northern Trust. We know that you know. We know that the ball striking has not been there. Yes, the putter has been back. It's been back for a minute. I think you made that very clear a few podcasts ago. The putter is back. Um, but the, the, the off-the-tee game and the approach game has not been back. And so I, I, I kind of waited. And sure enough, Saturday comes along, and he shoots a 3-over-74 or 4-over-75, one, one or the other, which isn't the huge blow-up round, but it was coming. Even the rounds that he played great on, he made everything, which we knew he does, but he literally made everything. I believe Sunday he made something like 150 feet of putts on Sunday. Um, the, the guy was just lights out on the greens, which is fine. But you have to put it all together to win in that field. That was my point. To win in that field, you have to have it all going, and you have to have it all going for four rounds. It can't just be three. You can get away with that at the John Deere. You can get away with that at the the freaking Wyndham this past year. You can't do that in the first leg of the playoffs. Um, so I, I didn't I didn't buy it, and I got away unscathed. And look, Jordan finished sixty something in strokes gained off the tee at the Northern Trust, fifty something in strokes gained approach. He was second in putting and top ten or something in strokes gained around the green. So he did exactly what he's been doing. He, he continued to do exactly what he's been doing. And he's not going to win an outright bet at that point, so it's a dumb bet. I'm not ready to bet Jordan Spieth outright in this field. If he comes and plays the Sanderson in a couple weeks or maybe the Greenbrier in a couple weeks, bet him. I'm all, I'm, I'm all for it. But not playing with these fellas. Not not right now. Any any take on, on Spieth and the performance that you've seen? Uh, I just had to get that out of the way. I do and I don't s- hate Spieth. I don't hate Spieth. I do have some takes, but I, I, may, I may wait for, for later for those. Maybe maybe when we get into the picks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, like I don't hate Jordan. I, I'm I'm a I like Jordan. I like to play Jordan. I've bet on Jordan. I played him in DFS. I'm I'm good. I'm cool. I get a little weary of his whining on the golf course, but um, I don't hate him. So that was that. That was fun. It was fun to do. Glad I didn't have to shave my head. I, I actually didn't tell you. my wife about it. So I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't have to do that. That that would not have been good. Yeah. So. Um, now let's get into the topic of, of the day. Um, I want to talk about Bryson DeChambeau, Pat. And, and I'm going to try because I don't want to take over the podcast. A lot of people think I do that anyway. I don't want to be that guy right now. I don't want to spit it all right now. I want you to kind of tee it up. I want you to talk about it. Um, tell the people maybe that, that, that don't know or, or maybe weren't on social media or didn't get to watch a lot of the coverage what in the world happened with Bryson DeChambeau this weekend? All the things that happened. So, golly, all the things. There's so many so things. So many things happened. So, you know, the, the triggering point were the two videos that came out of him. Uh, I think it was Friday's round. 
and or maybe it's Thursday. I don't know. It all kind of ran together. The days don't matter. The days don't matter with this. Um, so anyway, there's one video of him taking forever, walking a hundred yards all the way up to a green, and then coming back before he hits the shot. A shot that really wasn't in the eyes of most folks and, and commentators that difficult, that needed that much time, you know, in preparation for. Then what really triggered everybody was a video of Bryson taking two and a half minutes to putt uh, what was about an eight-footer. Uh, he went back to his yardage book and whatever science is in there, like twice. You had J all these things in the background, too. So you had like JT in the background, you know, looking at his imaginary watch, bending down on the ground, kind of shaking his head. You, just, you had the commentators talking about it. I mean, it just everything culminated in, in what eventually was actually a missed putt. Uh, so it Which, like didn't even hit the hole. Did, yeah. So it took off from there. Twitter got a hold of it, um, which I, I have a little take about. But that so that happened, and then he comes out and he kind of makes things worse because he starts talking about how he goes back to again. He talked about this I think a while ago, where he walks faster to the hole than all the other players, and then he blames the caddies and he does this and that and whatever else, and so he goes off and he says, and then and then. And then he talks about he goes he goes to Brooks Kepka and he, but he says if he wants to you know say something he can say it to my face but he didn't say it to Brooks's face he said it to his caddy's face which <laughs> makes it even worse because basically you're just it's you're calling out somebody saying hey talk to my face but you won't talk to their face so anyway that's the background of it. He's incredibly slow. It was a. It was it's a quick and dirty. It, it was. It was very. It was tough to watch. Uh, so there you go. I'll let you. Um, well, what I want to know your your take on the Twitter thing. You, you said you had a. You said you had a take on Twitter getting a hold of it. Well, I have a take. Are you going to share that take? Or? I have a take on social media in general. Now I come from an older crowd, obviously. Uh, you know, you've grown up more with social media than I have. Um, I think social media is dangerous in a lot of ways, and I think it's because there is a mob mentality to social media, and you saw that with a lot of DeChambeau. Oh, he's not the only one. He loved it, soaked he's, it up, yeah, bring it. He, listen, he's not the only one that's so, slow on tour. We talk about J.B. Holmes and several others out, out there. And here is, I, I think of this politically, and I think of it in sports and all that kind of stuff. You had, you know, politically you have a lot of the far left you have a lot of the far right on Twitter, and they all have a voice there. Not a lot of the middle road there. There's not. There's just. There's too much. There's too much. Just you know. Again, like I said, mob mentality, and I think that's dangerous. You don't hear all the opinions. You just hear the the worst of the opinions or the the, the loudest of the opinions because anybody can get on Twitter. You know, not anybody can write a news story that's accurate, possibly or whatever. But anybody can get on Twitter and do whatever they can. So. I just I get a little annoyed by the attacks on individuals on Twitter that just build and build and build, and it's you don't you don't necessarily know that person. Again, it's just everybody has a voice. Ugh. I'm fine with that, but I don't I don't like the mob mentality. I think it's I think it's dangerous, and so that's just my take on on social media in general. And this brings that out this kind of ordeal because. Bryson is douche as douchebag is as, as, as much as he is and as slow as he is and as annoying as he is he's not the only one but on the other side of that maybe it did it will instigate the tour to actually do something about slow play 
that could you, you could say is the good part of it. But I don't necessarily know if one individual needs to, need to take all the flack for, for that. So that's my right. social media opinion on what happened. Not, I'm not. First I'm, of all, I'm not saying I'm not a fan. Of, I'm, I'm a fan of slow play because I'm not. I think it's terrible. You know me. I play fast. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a fast player. So. Shockingly, you guys, Pat is actually a fairly fast player. It's it's shocking because he, you wouldn't think everything else that he does is not very fast. In fact, uh, we've already got a YouTube comment from Bob Gilchrist. DB, will you tell Pat that he's a slow podcaster? And if he has a problem, tell him I'll be over there. <laughs> tell him he can come. He can come over. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Here, here's here's what I say. Here's what I say to some of that. First of all, I freaking I freaking enjoyed the mob mentality this weekend. I, I jumped right in it. I was one of the first ones to break the oh, glass in the, in the in the shoe store and go steal some freaking steal some freaking Jordans. I was the first one in there, baby. I was Still leading the charge. Still some Pumas, really. Is what you I had doing. my hoodie on. I was wrapping my shirt around my face so the cameras wouldn't catch me. I was in it. If it is Bryson, I am in it. And here's one thing that I think is an important lesson. It's one of my new favorite quotes this year, and I've said it on this podcast. One of my new favorite quotes that I've heard in 2019 from NFL football coach Bruce Arians. Be who you can afford to be. Somebody on Twitter said, why isn't J.B. Holmes getting half the flack that Bryson DeChambeau is getting? Here's what I think. Here's, here's my con- – I have written down here that I have a couple of conspiracy theories tonight. One of mine is this, and it's the, the answer to the J.B. Holmes, Bryson DeChambeau question. J.B. Holmes did get some he, – he did catch some heat on, 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 on social media, he, and he has on occasion with some of his slow play. And yeah. I, I'm not even arguing that he's faster or slower than Bryson. He, he may be. Here's what you've not seen with J.B. You've not seen near the amount of tour professionals come out on social media – and put their name on the complaint, and put their name behind the microphone in a press conference for speaking out. You've not seen that. We've seen Brooks do it. We've seen Rory do it. We saw uh, Luke Donald, former world number one, get in it on Twitter this weekend. Lucas Glover was pretty staunch about his opinion this weekend. He never tweets. He's tweeted about it. Roberto Castro freaking ca- Roberto Castro, the castrator, freaking nut cut Bryson DeChambeau harder than anybody on Twitter. You had all these you can't, tour pros You cannot out. compare – come on. You can't compare hold Bryson on, and J.B. Holmes as far as their Twitter presence pre, – as far as their presence on Twitter or social media or their their polarizing personalities. It's totally different. I mean, Bryson has created – he's created You're that. You're not letting me finish my point. I'm You're just saying. Finish my point. I'm just saying. You're not letting me finish my point. I'm not comparing their social media presence. Not the presence, but the polarizing factor between the two But that's a problem. That's the problem. It is be who you can afford to be. Bryson is not liked. Here's one reason why why me personally, it didn't take me long to dislike Bryson. Because I've heard from two different very credible, actually three different very credible sources that have worked with Bryson not just on the tour, but have worked with him on the equipment industry side and have worked with him in the commercial side, like the, the, the marketing commercial aspect of him, that have worked very closely with Bryson. And on three different occasions, three different people totally unrelated to each other told us very detailed stories about him being a total asshole to people that he's around. Okay, He gives that off anyway in press conferences. If you watch him enough, he gives that vibe off anyway. 
Sure, there's stuff he does for the camera. Sure, there's, you know, he signs some autographs, he shows up, he makes some appearances, whatever. But I think at the end of the day, Bryson is what we thought he was, and he's an asshole. And I think at the end of the day, you are who you can afford to be, right? And I think there are a lot of tour players that aren't big fans of Bryson DeChambeau. J.B. Holmes, we've never heard a thing about. He's probably a really nice guy. He's a good old boy, kind of like a ho-hum, oh-shucks kind of dude. He's not very polarizing. He doesn't irritate people. Bryson irritates people. And I think he irritates his fellow tour players, which is why you got more guys willing to come out and say something about it, and you got Brooks willing to go, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to say something. I'm going to walk across this range, and I'm going to talk to my boy, well, and I'm going to set him straight. To, to, to the, you know, Brooks has said stuff to JB, too. I, don't, I, don't, I think Brooks is an equal opportunity basher of slow He probably players. is. I'm just saying the, the volume of tour players who injected themselves into this conversation over the weekend means everything to me. I don't care how many fantasy golf people or, or, or golf podcast people, we're all going to have wild opinions just to have them and because that's what we that's what we kind of do. That's our thing. We enjoy doing it, and some people enjoy listening to it. Some people hate it. But, but when you see the reaction from the tour pros, that they are so willing to put their name out there so that – and Bryson – oh, you didn't even say this. Like, Bryson was all over social media this weekend. This boy was commenting on everything. We were tagged in an Instagram post – uh, that that he was in, and I got notifications all day on Sunday that Bryson was commenting. He's defending himself. He notices this stuff. So if these tour players that are putting their names on saying, hey, this is ridiculous, it was an eight-foot putt, give me a break, Eddie Pepperell called him a single-minded twit. Like, if these guys are willing to put their name on it, knowing that he's out there on social media browsing around, then I think it's because they just flat-out don't like him. And, and, and this is what... This is what can, can I this, let me interject. This is a good marketing lesson. Hold on, this is a great marketing lesson because again, it is be who you can afford to be. If Bryson would have just, if he would handle himself differently and not act like a pompous butthole all the time, then he might not have near the shitstorm he's got. But I actually think there's a chance this bites him from from a marketing standpoint. From a now, I also think that golf needs a villain. I love golf having a villain. It made this tournament so much more exciting. To have the villain, Patrick Reed's been a villain, Bubba's been a villain, I get it. Golf needs people, we need this. It's great for the game, I'm fine with it. If Bryson doesn't want to be that guy, if he doesn't want to embrace it, which a guy like Patrick Reed does want to embrace it, it seems like Bryson doesn't really like it. He wants people to like him. The problem is, he's not very likable. I hate so it. now he's got... I, Dave, that's a great segue for what I was about to say. This is a news flash for you, I think. There's it's a, not. People there's don't like a, me. David, there's a lot of not likable guys on the tour. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I know. Let me name them. Let's talk about guys we've talked about. We have John Rahm. Oh, he's he's got he's too fiery. He's 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 got a bad temper. DJ, he's dumb. You know, Jordan Speed. You know, whatever. <laughs> he can't play freaking golf. He sucks. You know. I mean, everything. Every everybody has something you can is not not likable. I mean, so. Okay, yeah, so, but okay, so that's what? A, that's, a, that's, but that's true for anybody you work with, Pat. You work with how many people, and there's there's something that you don't like probably, or or might not like about everybody you work with. But there's always the one guy or two guys that you really don't like, and they give you more reasons than the rest of them to dislike them. And that's what Bryson has done with the people that he's working with on the PGA Tour, right? I, I hear you, but. That, that's just you know, my that's my conspiracy. He's also take he's on it. also if you still remember he's a very very young kid 
who's learning he his is. way through right. things. And you've got, you know, you're going to make mistakes. I, I, I know, hell, me at that age, my God. I don't yeah. know, but it's so. So you, you, got, you at your age now? Well, yeah, my age now. But I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm look. I'm not a fan of slow play. The video is nauseating to watch. I'm triggered as soon as I watch it. But I think that that's where you know the social media gets everybody goes and piles on them, piles on them, piles on them, and then they don't ever sit back and say, well, what if that was me, or what if I I had you know. Like had to take that. Like how would then, I? Then you hurry your. Then you hurry your ass up if that's you. Like, like it, it, we're not talking about something. But and this is the this is the other thing I want to say. This is the other thing I want to say about slow play. It is not about the fact that well they can only go as far as the group in front of them or they're going to be waiting on the next tee anyway. I, I understand that argument, but here's the thing: when you're playing with a slow player and you're not a slow player, even if you know you're going to have to wait on the next tee, you, you're not thinking about a golf. Sh- you're not thinking about what. You have a shot to hit. JT and Fleetwood were not done with the hole. So even if they had a 10-minute wait on the next tee, for Bryson to do what he did, while they've not finished the hole is the problem. You're, whole, you're, 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 you're affecting your fellow competitors in your group, even though your slow play may not be holding up the group in front of you, or you may be right behind the group in front of you or whatever. But when you are playing that hole, you're holding up the guys that you are in the group with and, and messing up their rhythm, their tempo, their flow, when they're on that hole. So, okay, all right. Well, so now, again, these are tour players, David. Let's step back and be elementary here, okay? These are tour players. Every single one of them is so self-absorbed with themselves. Do you think that all of them are worrying about whatever? They don't get to this point by worrying about what other people are doing on, when they're, they're there. These guys are, are all like that. All like that. I mean, it looked like Justin Thomas and Tommy Fleetwood weren't big fans of what I'm was I'm just saying that. that you can't just say – I don't think he's he's well, sitting no. there I – I think you have to have concern for your playing partners, but they're self-absorbed. I mean, he's he's probably – he's probably not – Yeah, he's, ex- he, he's one of the most self-absorbed out And there, I agree. 100%. So I don't think Listen he's even thinking – I don't think he's, he's even about. thinking about he's those guys. He's not, and this is and this is where it's a great turning point for him. I saw his post on Instagram today where he's talking about wanting to be a part of the solution, not the problem. Blah blah blah. I, I, only time will tell if that's true. Only time will tell if that's true because here's a great thing about the lynch mob on social media is there may be a chance that that lynch mob ch- is going to change the rules as the PGA Tour has announced they're going to look into the slow play policy. Now maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Who, who knows? But we do know that slow play has been a problem before. We know that players have spoken out about it before. But I've never, in at least my, my, my last six, seven years of watching golf, I've never seen a weekend where it is as front-line topic as it was this weekend and a lot of people getting upset about it and the product that it brings, whether you're there in person or watching on TV. And, and, if, that many, and if that's enough to cause a PGA Tour to go, okay, let's think realistically how we can handle this, then I am all for it. That's where the lynch mob is great. Change well, I, occurs. Change I happens. Think, speaking of being self-absorbed, if you're a Twitter people and you think that you're like making some sort of you know, change because of your lynch mob, I, I think it's because the players have been saying it. We've been here. This is not a new story. It's not like this is some new story that just came out this past weekend. Brooks has been talking about it, very outspoken about it. Several players have been outspoken about it. All year, like just kind of, I'll say this is sort of where it culminated to a head, but it's been talked about, and I think you would have seen the tour probably say in the off season they were going to look into it because of what I mean. We, I'm oh, pretty no sure, way. I'm pretty no sure way. we've been talking about about this on 
several occasions this year. We have, but the tour's never been ready to do something real about it. You've had multiple players, not just this weekend, but at all times, say, "What's gonna have? To, what's gonna have to happen to change? Is not leave the flag stick in. It's not all this BS. It is. It is penalties, stroke penalties, and and upholding the rule that's already written." Brooks said it best. It's not a subjective decision if my ball goes in the water that I have to take a penalty shot to take a drop. That's not subjective. So if the rule is what it is, then uphold the rule. If you want to write in some 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 gray area to the rule, some judgment to the rule, or whatever it is you want to do, then write that in. But it, it's just a blatant not following the rules. Everybody's scared to pull the trigger. Or what they do is they 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 pull the trigger on people who aren't really you know big time players. Well, well, I think I the, I, I haven't read the rule, so I, I gotta be honest about that. But I do think the rule has you have if you have to be off, you you have to be behind your time to be even penalized. So if you're if your right. whole group is playing together at the right speed, I don't think you, then you can get on the clock. I don't think they can put you on the clock and then yeah. So which that's, means JT and Tommy are carrying Bryson's butt. Okay, but you just so said but you just said uphold the rule. I think if they're on a time, they're they're playing with the way they're supposed to, then you have to change the rule, not uphold the rule. You have to change the rule. You got to change it to where then you can call it if they're if a certain by player. But then I don't know how you do that. But you got to do it by player because you can't do it by the group. Yeah, I I, I see what you're saying. It's I'm not saying it's an easy solution. Maybe I they really should have like a referee out on every hole who has a whistle. And like if they get like behind or something like like Bryson like can you see like Bryson like in that right before his eight foot putt a, a, a referee comes up and just <laughs> just hammers on a whistle, <laughs> one stroke penalty. Uh, an, air, an air horn, an air <laughs> yeah. horn would be great. Slugger White in his air with his air horn. I'm here for that. I I just uh, I it's it's I know we spent a lot of time on it, but there's only 70 players in this field. It's it's just it's, I I think at the end of the day. This is another great, great quote that I'm going to drop on you. I'm just going to give you all kind of knowledge tonight. One of my favorite all-time quotes. Change occurs when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. And I think this may be a great example of that with the PGA Tour. There's been a little bit of pain for years on slow play. A little bit, little bit of outcry, a little bit of headache, a few tour players here and there, a few caddies here and there uh, for years. But, but if the pain is finally enough and, and the people on Twitter and the players have had enough, then the PGA Tour will figure out a way to make the change happen because the change is less painful than staying the same and continuing to get the grief that they're getting when players like Bryson do what they do. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's an awesome thing to watch. We won't try to beat the dead horse in, in subsequent podcasts unless there's new news. But I think it's a great thing to watch. And um, Bryson continues to prove to me that he's a tool. Uh, you know, a lot of people have asked on Instagram, like, why we've gone so hard at Bryson. And it's just because, listen, we don't go real hard at a lot of players because I don't really have a whole lot to go, to go hard after. I mean, I, I really don't – we don't – I don't have a strong enough opinion on a lot of them, but Bryson, I do. And uh, I'm pretty sure he'll never be on this podcast Um if you guys want to help us get him on, that'd be amazing. I'd, I'd, I'd be very candid with him and very honest with him, but I don't think he'd ever do that. So at this point, uh, what what is it for me to be honest? It's not going to cost me anything. Um, I think he'd be a great interview, by the way. He, he probably would be a good interview. I I know he's a smart kid. 
I know he's a smart kid, and I know he is still just a kid. I get that. I, I get that. Um, I just think that hopefully this is an er- this is a lesson in, and he may kind of look inward a little bit and and look at a how he handled it. His press conference we didn't even talk about was just just terrible, like textbook terrible. It's pretty bad. I, believe it or not, I my 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 college degree is in public relations, which is crazy to think about, but. He did everything wrong when it comes to public relations, how he handled that. That whole interview was terrible, and it just made it worse. And then the, the approaching of Ricky Elliott, um, Brooks's guy, also terrible. It, it's going to be interesting to watch, but I hope he looks introspectively. And I, But at the same time, the dude is just so histrionic. I don't know that he's going to be able to see how – I, I, I don't. He he loves him so he loves himself so much. I don't know. I don't. I I, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Oh man, you know what else is interesting, Pat? What's that? Making money on My Wall Street. Have you have you played around on the My Wall Street app or have you had a chance? We talked about it last week. Yeah, I haven't yet, but I hear great things. I hear great things. Well, I, I like investing a little bit. You know, if you're a DFS player, you probably like gambling a little bit. Investing's a little bit. You know, it's, it's not gambling, but it's a little. I've always wanted to invest. I didn't know what to invest or really how. But the the My Wall Street app is actually not just an investing tool, but they also give you information. They have highly trained people who research these stocks and 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 other things you can invest, other tools of investment, and they basically give you these recommendations why, and then you get to pick. The power is in your hands there's thousands of stocks to choose from uh, but they help kind of narrow that down for you which is which is pretty nice uh, and a lot not a lot of them give you guidance on how to invest successfully but my wall street does they they give you that short list of stocks you're in control with the short list of thoroughly researched stocks and you can have uh your choice a lot of their stocks have grown five six seven times since they've uh since they've started um, and they're really more of a an investing companion if you will. That's that's a good way to put it. You're holding hands through the market with my Wall Street. They're your companion, okay? Um, and it's just easy. And it's a great app. You can just put it on your phone. It's stupid. They show you how to invest, what you can, when you can, and our listeners can access the My Wall Street app for free and use it for 30 days instead of the normal seven days. Hmm. Hey, Pat, can you not add ice to your drink in the microphone while I'm reading about My Wall Street? Sorry. Go ahead. Instead of getting the free seven-day trial that average people get, very average people, people that probably haven't lived in a gated community before, you can get a 30-day free trial just to try it out. If you don't like it, you don't have to have it, all right? And and 30, 30-day free trial just to, just to give it a shot, you go to mywallstreet.com slash tourjunkies, download the app, get access to the, uh, the stocks, expert guidance. After your trial, you can continue investing for just $9.99 a month. Nine ninety nine a month. That's it. Wow. No extra fees. No, nothing else on top of that. Nine ninety nine a month. It's my Wall Street. M Y W A L L S T. dot com slash tour junkies for that thirty day free trial. We appreciate my Wall Street supporting us for the FedEx playoffs. Um, it's very nice of them. Very nice of them. Histrionic. Josh says, uh, "What does histrionic mean?" That's a it's a great question, Josh. Uh, I don't know. I just threw it in there. Actually, I think. What it means is someone who is rather self-seeking, um, self, the, the little arrogant, if you will. I kind of think that's. I think his nature is is that. Um, you, you want me to Google process. it for you, David, so you can give a proper answer? 
That might be all right, yeah. Why don't you Google that for me real quick? I'm, I've got it Googled. Every, uh, so everybody, uh, Pat's, Pat's it, wiping himself down with his towel because he's... It actually sweaty. means overly theatrical or melodramatic in character or style. A histrionic, right a histrionic outburst. I can't see that, Pat. What, what are you talking about? Well, anyway, yeah, he's probably that too. He's probably that too. Um, it's exa- or <laughs> exaggerated dramatic behavior designed to attract attention. Oh uh, yeah, it's, he loves attention. That's what it is. Okay, he loves attention. Yeah. Backtrack. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it meant. Hey, listen, I gave you two amazing quotes to live by. You, you'll all go share those with your kids later. I gave you those. You can't. Add, you can't have me execute on the perfect definition of histrionic. Yeah. Shout Pat's, out to the guy who asked though. Like Shout that. out to Josh Kistler. Fantastic. Good question. Um, all right, Pat. Why don't you hit us with? Uh, hey, while you're doing this, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go refill. Is that cool? Yeah, you do that. Uh, if, I'm gonna talk about the. Course. If I'm still, if I'm still not back, if I'm still not back, then you can get into your your 9K and above picks. All right. Okay. Um, I may Love have. You, buddy. I may have an ad read in there though. Go ahead, knock that out. No, you, you just come on back when you can. But, yeah, so we are at the BMW Championship this week in Madonna, Illinois, which is basically just a suburb of Chicago at Madonna Country Club. What a fantastic course. We got three great courses here for the playoffs. When you think about Liberty National last week, you got Madonna this week, which is a major championship venue, and then East Lake next week uh, for the Tour Championship. Madonna is a par 72. It's playing just over 7,600 yards. We got 70 players in the field this week. No cuts, so no more cuts for the rest of the year. Four par fives. Five, number five and number 10 are playing 526 and 578 yards. So definitely a little bit more gettable than the 7th and the 14th, which are 617 and 609 yards, respectively. So those are not necessarily your eagle holes uh, or your birdie holes because they're going to still be tough. Uh, you got four par threes here, all over 190 yards. And three of the par threes here have water that you're going over. So that is definitely going to be something that uh, is going to be interesting. Uh, and number 13 plays 245 freaking yards, which is basically a driver for me. Okay, you got also ton of long par fours out here, including number six which actually plays 509 yards and then you have the drivable 15th hole has water all down the right um, but it's only about 330 yards so that'll be interesting to see whether or not these guys go with that hole tree-lined fairways like we see with these old classic courses bent grass greens with a little bit of a blend of poe in there uh, you got several elevated approach shots into these greens the fairways are you know they're i don't they're 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 generous. Um, I wouldn't say they're narrow at all, but with the tree line uh, along the side there, you still got it. You want to hit it in the. You want to keep it in the fairway here. I don't think the rough will be incredibly penal, but um, I don't think the fairways are going to be that tough to hit. And by the way, I think you'll hear a lot of talk about how this course has played in the majors. You know, it was at the um, you know the last 2006 PGA Championship, the 1999 PGA Championship, which Tiger won both of those. And then we had uh, Madonna at the Ryder Cup, which we would all like to forget if you're Americans in 2012. I don't think it's going to be playing quite that tough, but still definitely a tough course. And, you know, you would think on a course that's 7,600 yards that bombers are definitely going to have an advantage. 
But I don't know if that's the case here. There's a lot of dog legs. You, you know, there's going to be, you know, drivers going to be taken out of the hands of the bombers uh, several times, unless they just want to try to cut the corner. Um, so I don't know if you, you could j just say across the board the bombers are going to have, you know, the, the most, um, you know, advantage here. There's going to be a lot of long irons into these par fours. So we're looking at stats. I think, you know, maybe proximity at 175 plus would, might be something you look at. I am still looking at strokes gained off the tee. Looking at strokes gain approach, scrambling is always key at Madonna, and then uh, form for sure. I mean, when you get into these playoff events, we've seen it time. I talked about it last week on, on the podcast. You know, these guys that are in good form, you're, you're wanting to look at. You know, Reed is one is a perfect example of that. He's just been steadily increasing his form to what we saw last week. So I think uh, I think form is definitely going to be something we look at. Um, so there you go. That's uh, that's all I got there. Anything to add? DB? Uh, well, there's 69 players, not 70. Kevin Na withdrew. Today. Oh, yeah, I did, I did know that. Um, I, I didn't mention which thank th I, Hey, I'm hey reading shout out notes. Kevin Na. Shout out Kevin Na for withdrawing before the golf tournament. That's that's a really that's a step up for him. Hey, speaking of Kevin Na, like, there's a guy who was told that he was slow and turned it around. He's, he's picked up the pace over the years. He plays a lot faster than he used to. Mm -hmm. It can happen. I agree. The pain of change. The pain of change. You know what I mean. You can anyway, be the change um, that the world needs. You can be the children of the world. Hey, David. Um. Yep. Do you remember when we were oh, talking? Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, everybody, hold on, everybody. <laughs> I think Pat's about to get into an ad read. Now he normally doesn't do these, so don't fast forward. This can okay. be really special. Go ahead, Pat. What were you going to say? Hey, David. <laughs> That's how I knew you were going into the ad read when you said yeah. that. When you were like, hey, Follow David. along here. Follow along. <laughs> yeah, 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 Patrick? Do you remember all that talk about rake-free DFS? Oh, you know what? I think I do recall a little chatter about said rake-free DFS. Well, guess what? It's oh, finally what? here. Shut the front door. Yes, it's true. Fantasy Draft now has rake-free DFS, and you can get in on the action right now on FantasyDraft.com. Who has? Who has yeah. I'm going there now. FantasyDraft.com is now rake-free. You can check it out. Go to FantasyDraft.com. You can use our pro referral code, not a promo code, but a referral code, Tour Junkies. You don't have to. But you yeah. know what? Guess what, David? They have a million-dollar contest for the NFL coming up this season. First week what? of the season, a million dollars. A hundred thousand payout to first over at Fantasy Draft right now. And, by the way, do you would you like a free entry into that? Uh, d does a bear sh in the woods? Yeah. So, they have a $10,000 free roll this week. Yes. It's preseason. You're playing preseason football. Who cares? I, I mean, yeah. I, I could get any football right now. So they got a $10,000 free roll right now on Fantasy Draft. 250 free entries into the million-dollar contest are up for grabs at FantasyDraft.com this week on the site. They have That's a great, amazing. great app. 
I mean, it is just absolutely amazing. And they do hit golf, by the way. They have the tour card that you and I like to play every week, $25 entry. That's their biggest, that's their biggest tournament. I love it. Great. And, by the way, in golf... There's more? Yeah. There's more? Yeah. If you have a guy miss the cut, so what? They have seven guys. You can take seven guys. They take the best six. So even if you have a guy miss the cut, it doesn't matter. Well, wait a minute. Try. There's no cut this week. There's no cut. Okay, so seven guys are going to count, damn it. So there you go. No, not seven guys. Seven guys aren't so going to count. Six, six of your best guys are going to count. Sorry, six of your best guys are going <laughs> to I, I forgot that, that we didn't have a cut. So there you go. But they do have, they will drop your worst guy if you have a guy miss a cut or whatever. So there you go. Fantasy Draft. Hell on over. Check them out. They are a great DFS site to play on. And you know what? I don't think that there's a ton of sharps on there right now. So if you get on that over there now before uh, the really smart guys start playing over there yeah i don't know they have they got a million dollar nfl deal those those guys are gonna yeah. jump you know they're swimming swimming around hey i'm really proud of you for that read buddy i'm proud of you for that read you know what i mean that's that was pretty solid thank you pretty solid shall we get into the picks yeah let's go ready to go here's what we're here, here's what we're gonna do we're gonna give you tournament uh, gpp picks all right, I got to say this, too. Uh, we have a YouTube viewer named Eric S., and he is watching us in the shower. Um, he, he asked if that was weird. I would say yes. Um, I also asked him how is that possible, and he's I, propped I it up on the shampoo holder uh, so that it's, his phone stays safe from the water. But he's watching us while he's, uh, while he's showering. Go here. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a great night, great weekend. Uh, may your screens be green. Nope, just kidding. Thanks, Eric, uh, I think. Um, here's the deal. It is a weird week, as you only, you know, Pat's already mentioned. As we also players. just found no, out by play, people listening to us in yeah, the shower. Yeah, no cut. Um, so in terms of DFS, I am going to limit my exposure. I, I know there's some people who are like, oh, you got to, you got to, you got to get in this week, man. This is where you got to go. I just hate it. It's just so random. I hate it. Uh, the fluctuations, again, are are already crazy enough. And when you have a no-cut event and everybody's playing, it's just the worst. So I will be spending more of my bankroll in outright bets over on mybookie.ag. Promo code TOURJUNKIES if you want to get a deposit bonus on mybookie.ag. That's where I'll be spending most of my money this week, but... Um, so, so we also think that if you're going to play DFS, why would you play cash this week? It just doesn't, it just seems like a very random week for cash. You lose the edge of maybe having a more balanced approach in cash, only being concerned with getting six of six through. You lose that edge a little bit in cash this week. So we're only going to give you tournament plays and we're going to give you some fades. So we'll move through quickly. And then we've got a good chunk and run segment tonight about punchable faces and we're going to call some names out. Some 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 people are going to get recognized tonight. Uh, so that's going to be at the end. Pat, in the 9K and above range, two names. Two names that we're going to play as tournament plays. I'm going to give you mine. I'm going to stick with John Rahm. Uh, I loved him last week. Loved him to win. If he hadn't have kind of crapped the bet on Sunday, just forgot how to hit a golf ball Sunday, um, I think he could have easily closed the door on Reed. But I'm, I'm going back to the well on Rom. He's putting well. He's confident. I don't see why you don't take him. I love the price. I don't care how popular he is. I play him. And then I'm going to play Rory. I like the boxes that Rory's checking right now. Um, I think he wants to get in good position, going to Eastlake, going to win. 
uh, potentially the $15 million at the end of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, and I love what the boxes he checks as well um, on this golf course. He's got experience here. So I, I, I'm going Rom and Rory. I like paying up this week. I think there's some guys I actually love, we'll get to it in a second. I love the bottom of the 7K range and, and some and the 6K range I like. So you can be aggressive this week. You, you need guys who are going to score. You know, you mentioned some stats. I do think, you know, I, I, I think it's a sharp take that you're, you're saying it's not necessarily a bomber's course. I think you're right. When you look at the scorecard, a lot of the distance is in the par threes and some of those, you know, a couple of those longer par fives. They're, the par fours aren't crazy. Uh, they're not crazy long. So, you know, a 200-something yard par three, even for a bomber, that's not a hole you're looking to get birdies on. You just need guys to make par. So I don't necessarily think this is a bomber's course either, um, but I do think you got to have guys that can score, that can make birdies, because you're going to get on DraftKings. That's what you need. So I like the studs and duds approach, and I'm going Rory and Rom. I'm going to fade. This is tough. This is tough. I, I, I'm, I'm going to fade. Brooks Kepka. Um, Again, two weeks obviously, in a row. Obviously, he's the highest price guy, but I think it paid off last week with a thirtieth place finish. I think that I think that checks. Um, but when you look at when you look at what's happening, Brooks Brooks is normally a very very good putter. Uh, Brooks has not been putting well. He, he's not putting well at all. Um, he's lost strokes putting in three of the last four events. His iron play isn't great. And then we saw him on the range at the end of Sunday, which I thought was very interesting for a guy who just two weeks ago talked about how he doesn't practice. The only time he plays golf is when he's on TV. He's not a big grinder. Um, I just feel like he's a little bit searching for something right now. Now, he's still Brooks Kepka, so he's still amazing. So uh, Brooks, for me, is the fade. That's, you know, just the putter's not there. Um, that's, that's my 9K and above. What, okay. What you got? Well, interesting. I don't have – well, in a small field, I guess it's not interesting that we don't have the same players here. But I will say I, I actually um, – you know, it's, it's tough – a little bit tougher to choose when you have such a great field and a short field. I, I'm with you, though, on Rory. I love him, and I'm with you on um, – I, 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 I'm good on Rom. Now, those are not the two guys I listed, though. I listed actually um, – I went down a little bit lower. You know, JT at 10,000. I like him a lot like this that. week. We've seen it. We've seen him, you know, definitely improve his uh, game when you, when you look at the, the results. I mean, he was T12. He, actually, he's got two, three straight finishes inside the top 12. Um, so, I like some JT. You look at the stats there. He's definitely ch- checking boxes, you know, when it comes to, you know, strokes gained off the tee. When it comes to ball striking, when it comes to scrambling, when it comes to, you know, he's actually 17th in the field in proximity from 175 to 200 yards. Um, so I think, you know, by the way, I just mentioned scrambling. He does not check the box in scrambling. But I do like JT at 10,000. And then a guy that kind of I, I really was on last week, and he disappointed me, and we're getting him at a little bit another discount after a T43, and that's Tommy Fleetwood. You know, I think 9000 is a great price for him. Obviously, hits fairways. You know, before that T43 last week, he was, you know, fourth at the WGC St. Jude. He was second at the Open Championship. Um, you know, you look at the stats for Tommy Fleetwood. You know, across the board, it's just extremely solid. Always hits fairways. 
you know, it checks a box in scrambling, checks a box off the tee. So I like some Tommy Fleetwood, and I think his ownership's going to be a little bit owner, lower than you typically see for him. So I do like Fleetwood, and ownership is going to be key this week. I, don't, I, I may have checked out. You probably mentioned it. But no, I, I didn't we actually. Talk about this e- we talk about this every week in a WGC event, or not every week, but when we do have like a WGC event where we have 65 players or whatever it is, you know, you got base. This is basically that type of event with no cut. So ownership is definitely going to be key. You've got to, you got to, you know, vary your lineup a little bit. You can't have a bunch of chalky guys in there. You're not going to make any money. I mean, this is the week where we get tweets. They're going to be atting us, and they're going to say, guys, I, I had, you know, you know, all these guys, and they were all great, but I didn't even cash. Well, it's because you didn't differentiate it at all. You got to, you got to have, you know, some ownership leverage this week. So, um, so I like some Fleetwood. Yes. As far as a fade yeah. for me. Anyway, you're right. It's one reason, one reason why I just don't like this week. But yeah, yeah. From a DFS. As far as a fade, I'm actually gonna go Cantlay at 9,800, and the reason is it's another ownership thing. You look at his last few weeks; he was 33% at the Northern Trust, you know, in a 125 man field, 18 at the WGC, 26 at the Open. And 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 look, I can't really say anything when you look at the stats and all that kind of stuff. He's definitely gonna check out. Other than driving accuracy, he's actually 54th in the field. So he doesn't really check the box there. But I think you can just take you know take your chance and fade Cantley, especially if he's going to be high-owned, which I think he will. Um, then I don't, I don't want any part of it. And, you know, he wasn't, you know, last week, yeah, I guess he was top 15 last week, but whatever. I, I just – I think Cantley is certainly worth a fade. He's worth a chance at a fade because if he just – doesn't do well this week, and you get them around like a, a you know twenty five percent on. You're going to have some leverage on the field, so that's really the main reason I'm going to fade Cantlay. All right, let's get to the eight K and above. Two tournament plays and a fade. I'm going to go with Xander, despite the missed cut. I love Xander's game for this place. I don't see him missing two cuts in a row. I love the scoring potential that he brings. Um, just I'm hoping that maybe some folks jump off after the missed cut. I don't know. Um, He's also at 33 to 1. That's where I'm going to start my betting ticket for the week. 33 to 1 to win over on mybookie.ag. I'll be doing that. I've already actually already done it. Um, and then my next pick in this range is going to be Hideki at 50 to 1. Not a bad finish last week, not great, but a bounce back from the from the missed cuts prior. Um, love the ball striking ability, love the scoring ability. I think he'll be overlooked as well in tournaments or at least not uh, not super chalk like we've seen him. And he is also on the betting card. I have six bets this week. Uh, I've got him at 50-1 to um, on the betting card for Hideki. And then my fade, I mean, I'll give you two because they're both easy. Tiger's an easy fade. I I hate to see what what happened, the withdrawal. Um, I don't know, man. They're just, it doesn't feel good right now, whether it's his oblique or it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's his back. I don't know, but... Just a lot of things don't feel great right now for Tiger, so I think Tiger's a fade. Uh, and then I think, and I was all over him last week, and he killed me, freaking Jason Day. But I don't know, man. His little split with Stevie Williams, I don't know, man. He just may not be fully there, focused or something right now with all the caddy drama. That can be a, that can be a hard thing. Um, he got brought into the whole Bryson slow play uh, press conference, which doesn't have any effect on this, but it's just funny. Um I don't know. I, I just I felt like Tiger was such an easy fade. If I got to go with another one, I'll go Jason Day. That's it for me. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start with uh, 
my first GPP play, and that is uh, Louis Oosthuizen. Okay. Uh, I mean, the guy's he's been it. solid. Yeah. You know, you look at you look at last week where he was tied for six. He was T20 at the WGC. T, well, in a small field, but still T20 at the at the Open Championship. He's been just playing solid golf lately. And you know, I think you know these aren't majors, and I've always talked about him as being you know one of those guys that just he, he just shows up in majors. But I still think he he likes to win money. And uh, so I think he's, you're not going to see him as a withdrawal potential or whatever. But checks the box and driving accuracy also in scrambling. He is number one in the field in proximity from 175 yards plus. So I think Louis Usthausen is a great play this week. So I do like him. And you have like a smirk on your face. So I wonder if like you got a good <laughs> comment on, on YouTube. So I'll, get, I'll, I'll throw it over to you in case you did. No, but, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Okay. So next GPP play is Jordan Spieth. Yes, at 8,900. Oh, who didn't see that coming? And, and you know what? Here's the thing. Guys, you no longer have to have a win from Jordan Spieth. Everybody wants to talk about Jordan hasn't won. Jordan hasn't done this. Okay, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. His, to, you know, you didn't like him to win at 45 to 1 or whatever it is. Right. Well, in Don't DFS, DFS, that does not, yeah, he's, he's that does not matter. Because guess what? We're getting him at 5% every week, basically. And he's crushing it. He's crushing it. I don't care what the stats are. If you look at Jordan, you throw the recent form, you throw away any kind of stats, and he's making money for you in DFS if you're plugging him in your lineups. So I don't mind that. I don't now. I don't think he's going to win. I don't. He's going to have a blow up round, just like you said. I don't care. I'm going to get him low owned. Everybody wants to hate on him, but he's still he's finishing well. And I don't. You know. So it's it's, and and he's putting magnificent. He's great around the greens, but you got to scramble on this course. Now, do I worry about driving accuracy? Yes, but he's he seems like you said he's pretending his way around the you know somehow he's making it happen and he's scoring and he's doing whatever. So if I'm going to continue to get Jordan Spieth in DFS at five percent owned like he was last week, well, I don't, I don't think you're to... going to. I, I I do think that last week some people saw that he's he's. He is making a ton of birdies, enough so to get him in the top ten, right? I mean, he did finish top ten. Um, man, I tell you what, for as, as as wild as his game is, there is no one better on tour at bouncing back from a bogey or worse and making a birdie. Like, oh my gosh! I man. mean, like, there, He's and Eagles. There are guys that I, you know, I know when I roster. If they come out of the gate on Thursday or in the beginning of any round and they make a bogey, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Though he's gonna he's gonna off himself in the middle of the freaking round, like he's done. But Jordan makes a bogey, and you're almost like, oh, well that that means we get a birdie next. And so for for DraftKings, for FanDuel, for Fantasy Draft, that that works. Um, so I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't hate that call at all. Um, but I do think you're gonna get him over ten percent. I think you might I think you might have him fifteen or maybe even higher. Um, well, this, if he is now, if he is, we'll check we'll check you know like FanShare Sports. We, we love those guys. Yeah. You know, checking ownership. I would, you know, if he's if he's showing over fifteen, I'm off of him. I just don't think that that's worth it. But if he's if he's at where he was somewhere around like you know eight to, to nine percent, you know, or well, he was five last. I week mean, at the same time though, fifteen isn't terrible in this limited field when you've got limited well, studs. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, if he's yeah, if he's creeping still. over twenty, that's for sure. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that for Jordan to to watch to watch. Just for the freaking heartache that you gotta if you if you're 
If you're going on a cruise this week, this week maybe you take Jordan. If you got no signal on your phone, you don't have to watch Shot Tracker. Take Jordan. You know, do that um, at twenty percent ownership. But I, I do think FanShare is where you can look, where you can check it out. And that's obviously where we go. We talk about them every week. FanshareSports.com for your tournament DraftKings ownership projections. Uh, and actually, you know, we talked about we talked about uh, football. We talked about the NFL coming back. They do it for the NFL. They do it for the PGA. They listen to all the shows, watch all the YouTube videos, they track Twitter, they tell you who the talking heads are talking up and who they're not. So they're going to tell you who's popular, who's not. Great lineup builder tool there as well. Some other really nice golf tools um, over on FanshareSports.com. If you join today using promo code TOURJUNKIES, you get 20% off a weekly, monthly, or annual membership to FanshareSports.com. Use promo code TOURJUNKIES, 20% off. Support those guys. Give them at least a shot, I promise you. If you're playing GPPs in golf or NFL, give those guys a shot. Like they, They've been supporting the Tour Junkies for like three years now. They're great guys. They're honest people. If you have an issue, they'll fix it. It's They're just great people, um, and we like those guys a lot. So I, I do think that'll be interesting, but I, I don't think you're going to get Jordan at less than 12%, 13%. I don't think that's happening this week. All right, is that... If it does, I would like it. Uh, that's it for my GPP plays, and then my fade is going to be Kuchar. I mean, you look at his... I mean, his last three events, he's finished, you know, in the you know, 42, 43, missed the cut last week. He didn't look right. I, I watched him a good amount. I think it may have been because... I can't remember who he was playing with last week, but it was somebody I had, and he just did not look right. He was, like, looked like he, he was in a little bit of a pain in, pain in some of his shots, and I haven't seen anything on an injury, but I'm just wondering about Cooch right now. And he's at 8,200. I know everybody, you know, he's always that consistent kind of guy that everybody likes to play. But I'm going to fade Cooch. I, I am concerned about some injury. And that is, again, no, I don't have any kind of inside information, but from watching him, watching him, his demeanor on Friday last week, something just looked off. I don't think he felt right. So I will fade Matt Coocher. All right, 7K. We're going to give you three tournament plays, two fades. Um, I'm going to make this sweet. I really like the lower end of this range, and I, I think you've got some great guys here who are playing well um, and have the skill set to play this golf course. That is Charles Howell III, um, who's playing well. He's trying to get in his first FedEx Cup in a long time, I believe. Um, he's, uh, he's a bomber. He can score. He's a ball striker. I love CH3 here. He's constantly overlooked at this time of year. He's also on my betting ticket at 110 to one. I'll take Charles Howell the third at, at 110 to one. I'm going back to Sung JM. He didn't have a great weekend, which was a little frustrating. Um, but we know the kid's incredibly talented. We know he's trying to make it to the Tour Championship. Um, I, I think M. I think M could really, really compete here um, at Medina. So I, I'm going to go with M, and then I'm going HV3, who we almost saw win. And I had him at 300 to one with an each way top five, so that cashed. Uh, actually, that cashed better than a Jordan Spieth 45 to one outright ticket would have done. So, HV3 had a great week, uh, phenomenal weekend. If it stopped today, he'd be in he'd be in Atlanta for the Tour Championship, but he's on the bubble, so he's got to play well. And I like the confidence right now, having almost closed that one out um, uh, this past week. He's on the betting ticket as well. Not at 300 to one, but he's at 125 to one, which I still love, love, love that number for Harold Varner the third. Um, I'm going to fade Morikawa uh, just because very expensive guy. No, you know, liking the studs and duds. He doesn't really fit into my build, my lineup construction strategy. It's obviously a big tournament. The stakes are getting bigger for the young guy. 
Um, I, I just, I don't know. I'd rather pay for the guys I mentioned for the upside. Uh, I like Morikawa a lot. I think he's super talented. But I'm just not going to pay that price when I can get these guys below him. I'm also going to get rid of Andrew Putnam. I think it, I think Andrew Putnam's run has run out. And I think now this field is, is a big boy field for him. Um, I think Medina is a little too big boy for him as well. And some of the stats, they're just not quite there for Putnam. So I'm, I'm going to finally get off the Putnam train with you. Now, you've been on him a lot, but uh, and that's great. He's played re- really well, but I'm off. Those are my fades. <sighs> Somebody wow. just asked on Twitter, Pat, why are you so sweaty? You just start a fight club? <laughs> and then Josh Kistler said, we don't talk about fight club here. <laughs> Hot. Guys, Pat has Hot. very naturally oily skin. He's oily, very, very oily. oily. Skin. Uh, but, very oily. But that also means he tans like a Greek god. You know, you put him out in the sun for a few minutes and he just got this this lovely tan. Um, it's unbelievable. It's that olive skin I was blessed with, mm-hmm. but it is oily. You're, you're spitting out olive uh, oil right. at the moment. So I'll say I agree with you. Well, I don't agree with you, sorry, on Putnam. I like him. He's actually one of my GPP plays. I'm going to continue it. He's been in good form. Um, we're continuing. We're going to get him low owned for sure. I mean, just I, I get Andrew Landry and Putnam confused. You and I were talking about that. Uh, I think the other day. I just I, I can't I can't figure those two out. But you look at it. I mean, he was you know T12 last week, T24 the WGC St Jude, top 32 at the Open Championship. He's just been you know extremely good. Has gained 13 strokes uh, over those last three events. So I like Andrew Putnam. I think he's I think he's a good play. You're probably going to get him low owned again. So I, I, I am. He was one of my tournament plays. So I'm okay. I, I get it. You're gonna fade him, whatever. Um, also, Jason Kokrak at 7,800. Another guy that's just sort of, you know, he's been. Uh, he he had that great start early in the year and then kind of fell off a little bit. But you look at his last couple of events. T6 at the Wyndham. T12 last week has played incredibly well. Definitely checks boxes. You know, you look at. Um, for Kokrak, I mean, he's fifth in strokes gained off the tee, 15th in ball striking, he's seventh in that stat I talked about in, in proximity, 175 yards and pl- uh, above. So I like some Jason Kokrak. God, this video stuff drives me crazy <laughs> when, when you, like, like die laughing off of the screen. Um, like, I, only, I thought the video thing was supposed to be, like, us being, like, like it was, like, a, an atmosphere, like we were together doing the pod. But uh, but but because of these comments that you get that I don't get, it makes it even more ridiculous. So I apologize, listeners who are you know have come to the, a, a podcast, not a video show. Um, <laughs> Guys, Pat. Anyway, Pat uh, has been so burnt up about us switching to his live YouTube videos since day one. You know, he totally throws out the fact that you guys love it, and it's gotten an amazing response. We already have over a thousand subscribers on YouTube, which is great. We really appreciate that. That that's awesome. Uh, you know, he doesn't even talk about that. He just talks about how his OCD can't handle the fact that we do things differently than we did them for three years, and that it's he, not and that just he doesn't, that. It's just that, that you can you like can see comments. comments that I can't see. You can see things that I can't see. It makes it like if I could see it. Well, right, I'll tell you right now. Tell me how the hell I'm supposed to see these comments, and I'll, I don't, I'll I don't, you, watch them. You got to get another monitor, and you can watch live on YouTube. But our boy Josh Kissler is winning the comment battle on YouTube. Kissler, on that YouTube guy's tonight. come up like five times <laughs> in this podcast. He's, he's being funny. He said you glisten like a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> huh. 
I was wondering why I was anyway. getting so hungry. I feel like I'm in Publix right now, and you're just sitting there. I am a like a chicken hungry. in the bag. I'm a little bit hungry. <laughs> okay, well, last but not least, as far as the tournament play, I do like some Ryan Moore at 7,700. Who? He's got two straight Ryan Moore, 7,700, two straight top 20 finishes. Okay, so he that that's gonna get your attention a little bit. Can I tell you what gets my attention? When these people on Instagram think I look like Francesco Molinari. You get mad okay, about well, the YouTube thing, that really pisses me off. Okay, well, Ryan Moore, by the way, has literally been like 2% owned all year long, and except for like randomly. But like last week, he was 1.5% owned. Did you just hit yourself in yeah, the head? Coming up. No, I think I was itching. Huh. Anyway, two straight like top 20 Smack in the weave? Yeah. So I like some Ryan Moore. Uh, God, you keep throwing me off. All right, you're done. Stats, whatever, off the tee, he's there. It doesn't striking. matter. It doesn't matter. All right, who you like whatever. in the 6K range? Do you want my fades? I'm going to fade Woodland and Leachman, okay? Okay. So I'm going to fade in that 7K range. Okay. All right, 6K range. Love Corey Connors. Yep. Coming Love around him. again. Stats fit. Form is fantastic. Yep. You know. And then, here's my flyer play. Literally, I don't know what he's going to do week in and week out. I have no effing clue. What? No clue. But his ownership is gonna be low, and I just feel like he's a like a guy that you put in your lineup. Like the person that wins two hundred thousand this week is gonna have Siwoo Kim in their lineup. Oh, I just know it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's just gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I'm telling you, Siwoo Kim is gonna be in some huge GPP win this week, and it's because he just he's gonna everybody's gonna hate on him, and he's just gonna come to play, which he does at times. We've seen it. So I like him, sixty five hundred. I mean, whatever. He was fifth at the Wyndham. Yeah, I know. He played well. Um, I like the Corey Connors play. I I also have Wyndham Clark on a give me a give me a tournament where I don't have to have a, worry about a miscut. I like Wyndham Clark. Played really well this past week. He is a scoring fool. Uh, I think he's going to be really good for DFS. And then I like Ryan Palmer. At 140 to 1. Yeah, I, I looked at like him. him. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, okay. I think Palmer's a nice bet here. Bent grass greens. You know, you don't have to worry about the putting uh, variance there with Palmer. Uh, bent grass just runs as true as it comes, and I think he'll putt better on bent grass surfaces. 140 yes. to 1. He's also on my betting card. I like him. He's the, the longest shot. You guys know DB loves his big ball betting card. Um, I feel like the research has been deep, just really deep tonight. I, for an event field. like this for DFS, it is just it's it. Your number one stat should be ownership leverage. If you're playing in tournaments, if you're playing in tournaments, your number one stat should be ownership leverage. That's what you should care about. Number one, that's it. So for that, yeah. But but in terms of betting, I like the. I also like the value. I think that's that's the thing. Back to the Jordan Spieth bet last week. It's also a lot about value. Yeah, I mean, I and 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 also because I don't like betting shorter odds players. I like the big ball bets, man. That's what I like. So, I, I, I like going for the big one. It was fun to sweat HV3 at 300-1 to 1 yesterday. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and if I hit that yeah. one time, I'm set for two years if I hit that one time. So, uh, and I did forget to mention one guy on the betting card that I don't have in DFS because I think he's going to be chalky. Paul Casey at 40-1. to 1. So, my betting card on mybookie.ag is Xander at thirty three to one, Casey at forty to one, Decky at fifty to one, CH three at one ten to one, HV three at one twenty five to one, and Palmer at one forty to one. 
That's my betting card. MyBookie.ag, promo code TourJunkies. Pat, are you ready for the chunk and run? Are we doing one and done, or does that matter anymore? I'm sick of Let's not do one. I don't even want to do it. I'm not even going to do it. Hey, if you want our one and done pick, or you're like, like here's, here's the deal. If you are actually in it right now, and you're one and done, you've got two weeks left, you are, you're up there in your contest, whatever it is, DM us, follow us on Twitter, at Tour underscore Junkies, follow us on Instagram or whatever, and then ask us who our, what our thoughts are on one and done. Or and, and give us some scenarios. Give us some scenarios or, like, hey, I've still... Don't do that because you probably got there by not listening to us for one and done. Probably so. you so, should just go yeah. with what you got. Um, but I don't. if you really care about our one and done selections right now, you're not in it. You're not... I don't even know why you would care. Yeah, I'm not sure. That means you're not... You have not done well. All right, uh, Chunk and Run is back this week. We didn't do Chunk and Run last night. We're going to do Chunk and Run tonight. First question. The Corn Ferry Tour. We saw the Corn Ferry Tournament last week. Uh, great drama there. We don't have time to talk about it. Which Corn Ferry guys are you pulling for that have already punched their ticket to the PGA Tour or have not yet and will be in the Corn Ferry Playoffs? Now, if you don't know, uh, the top 25 in the money list on the Corn Ferry Tour as of yesterday have punched our ticket to the PGA Tour. Done. Can't take it away from them. There are 25 more spots to come. And and what happens is uh, you get players that finish in the top 75 from the Corn Ferry Tour and players that finish outside the top 125 on the PGA Tour play in the Corn Ferry Finals, which is a three-tournament uh, finals event uh, that starts this week. So um, you've got a number of guys on the PGA Tour that are trying to get back on. And you got 140-something players playing for 25 spots. Um, so it's going to be quite competitive. It's always fun to watch as well. So we've got some names in there that we just want to, you know, somebody asked about, and we're going to tell you who we're pulling for. Um, Pat, you want to start or you want me to start? I'll start. Okay. Um, are we able to talk about who we're not pulling for? Sure. Now, are we talking it's about who show. we're pulling for to – are we talking about who we're pulling for to make the tour? Yeah. Or just to do, yeah. So, well, well, the top twenty-five have already made the tour. So well, I know. So then you talk about the people who haven't. Okay. Well, I don't really. Okay. Well, I'll talk about who who has made the tour that I'm not pulling for, and that's Zach Blair. <laughs> I don't like that dude. Um, I just wanted to talk about I Zach Blair. Love that I really did. Because um, he just drives right. me crazy. Him and his his fake golf course. <laughs> but I'll start with the guys that I do like. Um, Brett Coletta. Yeah, good who's dude. Who's in 27th. I had Great dude. Down. We interviewed him when we were at the uh, SavannahWeb.com championships. Yep. I say that. Now it's the Corn Ferry, but at the time it was the Web. Um, just a good dude. I, he kind of is like the Jordan Spieth of the, of the Corn Ferry Tour. Like, he has like three good rounds and like one bad round, it seems like. He's always up there, like near the top. Yeah. And that's why he's 27th in the standings right now. But a big fan of him. I like yeah. Coletta. He was a good interview. So I, I do like him. I like him too. Um, good guy. Enough. Another another guy that I'm pulling for is, I guess I, I'm pulling for Hovland, you know, because he's he's going to yeah. play in this finals event. Yeah, you know, I, there's a part of me that wants, you know, because I had that terrible take a, a few weeks ago about the, these young guys, even though it was about that one tournament. We know, Pat. That. We know. But I do want I do want some uh, I do want Hovland to make it in because I just think he's a star and he's a stud and he should be in there. And then finally, a, a guy that is a big TJ fan, Wade Benfield, yep. is at fifty five in the standings. 
Uh, I think he's got a chance. He's played well the last few weeks. Uh, he rock, he loves to he, he loves some TJ rocks the, some TJ gear. So I like some Wade Benfield. I hope that he does yeah. well um, this week. If you're a TJ fan, you need to pull for Wade or this Wade Benfield. Um, yeah. Great dude, great. Not dude. just this week, by the way. The, the finals are like three three, three tournaments. So yeah, uh, Wade Benfield, yeah. good dude, big supporter of the Tour Junkies. We appreciate him. We're probably gonna have him on the show at one point. Um, like him a lot. I had Brett Coletta down, great dude. Justin Lauer, um, who we also met in Savannah, was a good dude. Interviewed him. He's on the YouTube channel. You can check him out. Grant Hirschman, another young guy who we we interviewed that week. Like Grant Hirschman, really young guy, and actually. I think he's only played like half a year, and he's he's done pretty well. Yeah, he's a stud. He's, you know, nobody's yeah. talking about him like they are like the wolves yeah, and the hoblins of the world. But that, yeah. So. Uh, and then some guys on the PGA Tour this past season that are that need to fight their way back on. A couple of them been on the podcast. Hank Lebiota, your one of your doppelgangers, doppelgangers, whatever. Um, Pulling for Hank Lebiota to get back on the tour. I think he's a good young talent. I think he can win on tour. Joey Garber, another one who we, we, we've interviewed both those guys. Um, Joey G, University of Georgia Bulldog, uh, like him. And then another Bulldog, Hudson Swafford, is off right now, which I think is is, uh, is is interesting. And then Trey Mullinax. I just like Trey Mullinax, man. He's a good dude. He's a good dude, but he's, he's not there either. So they're all fighting for it. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, all right. The run question tonight, we're going to end with this. Uh, we talked about punchable faces. We talked about Bryson. We talked about, um, you know, we, we talked about Brooks and him and their, 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 their face off on the range. We put something out on Instagram and Twitter about who has a more punchable face. Uh, we're getting a lot of votes on that right now, by the way, on Instagram especially. Uh, and a lot of people on Instagram voting to punch you in the face, Pat. And then others, uh, or I'm sorry, no, that's on Twitter. And then on Instagram, people calling me Francesco Molinari, which pisses me off. Um, but anyway, tonight, who was the most punchable guy in your high school? And do you have any stories? We all have that one guy who we know was really punchable. We wanted, He's just a total douche, and we're going to call him out. I'm pretty sure my guy doesn't listen to the show, but if he does, I think it's great. I think he probably already knows I'm probably going to say his name anyway. And I think it would be really fun for our listeners to try to find their person on Twitter or Instagram and tag them on our punchable face post and just call them out. Let's just get it out in the open. Hey, man, you were a punchable guy. I wanted to hit you. You did, probably deserved it. I think we just do that. So I'll start. Um, the punchable guy at my high school, his name was Mickey Weathers. His name was Mickey, for starters. Wow, that just sounds punchable. <laughs> yeah, see? We're, I could stop there. Uh, Mickey, yeah. Mickey was in the grade below me, but he was the same age because he was a dumbass and he flunked. Um, but he was the guy, I'm going to try to paint the picture. He was the, the guy who was really funny, right? Really funny guy. But he was a funny guy, not because he was clever, just because he was like stupid and people would laugh at him all the time. And he, he thrived off of that. But his parents had a boatload of money, like stupid amount of money. His parents owned like a... Like a, a truck, it's as a so typical Georgia. I probably shouldn't even say this. They own like a truck enhancement company or whatever. Like they, they put like big tires on trucks and lifted them and tinted out the windows and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like his parents owned one of those companies, and they just made a butt ton of money. So Mickey had like a an awesome truck, and he had all this money, and the, 
you know, he was chubby though, so like I don't know. Anyway, he really irritated me. But I'll tell you one quick story that really set it off for me. I never really liked him. He played football. I played baseball. Uh, he wasn't even that big. He wasn't. It wasn't like a big dude. He was shorter than me, but he's a little chubby. Uh, but in my school, the football team and the baseball team did not like each other. So we already had things against each other. And one day I found out because I went to my truck. I, I parked on, obviously on site. I was a senior. He was a junior. Now, my first vehicle was not a nice vehicle because I didn't have rich parents. I had a 1988 Toyota truck. That was the make and the model. Make, Toyota, model, truck. Like on my registration. Because at that time, Toyota didn't make anything other than cars and then a truck. And it was like the little single cab, four-cylinder, zero to 60 in like nine and a half seconds, half-ton pickup, right? And it was my dad's old truck that I inherited. It was a piece of junk. And that was my car. I go out to my truck one day and discover that it had been, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the parking spot, it was straight, Right but it had been turned sideways in the middle of the school day because Mickey led a contingent of other buttholes to pick up my truck because they could. That's how small it was. To pick up my truck and turn it sideways in my parking spot. I was not happy. So I cornered Mickey. No, I didn't corner him. You know how you're like changing classes and like one of... You know, you're going one direction, they're going another, and he had no idea this was coming. I see him coming, and I stop him right in front of a, a uh, right as he's walking up in front of an open door, and I just put my hand on his shirt and I pushed him in this classroom that was empty, and I pushed him up against the wall, and I looked at his chubby little flat nose, and I told him, "Dude, if you touch my truck again, I'm gonna knock your ass out." And that was the last I ever heard of Mickey. But I wish I would have just gone ahead and punched him. Most punchable guy in my high school by far, Mickey Weathers. Well, okay. Uh, poor Nicky. He probably would yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so as anybody that listens to us might know, I was more of a lover than a fighter growing up. I still am. <laughs> why would they, why would they know that? Why, and for what reason would they know that? First of all, you fight me over everything on this podcast. No one on here would think, oh, you know what, Pat? That guy's way more of a lover than a fighter. You piss and well, moan about everything. You kn- get, you're so sensitive. Anybody that knows me personally, yeah, nobody would, here would would okay. Well, would say that they. Would I would say never that say that, and which I know is, you which is actually which is actually why yeah, but you don't know me growing up in high school and whatever else. Which is actually why when these responses <laughs> come in on Twitter about me being like punchable in the face, I'm like, are you serious? This, like you don't you, you don't even know. But anyway, that being said, I, I think of the only like real guy in high school that I like actually fought like and did I may have punched him I can't you did remember him? that was did punch him but I don't know if I punched him or not I think it was maybe more wrestle that was Brent Story a guy named Brent Story and he just was a freaking jerk he was like I feel like I know was, Brent you know, Story he was he now Look, he could be a great guy now. I don't I don't really run into him all that much right now. But like he just was always a jerk to me where we were on a church trip actually and I finally just got pissed off and just I don't know what happened. You punched we a guy on a church or you wrestled a guy on a church trip? Yes, yes. Uh, how do you not remember if and you punched him or you wrestled him? Were you like in the 4th grade? 
It was young. It was like 12 or 13, I think. And you don't remember if you what punched him or that? you just, like, what'd you do? You just, like... I mean, I think it was a wrestle with punches involved. Like, it wasn't like a... But it wasn't like a, like, like a punch where I just remember, like, blue, 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 pow! Like, the, the contact of a punch. It was just like a wrestle match. And I, I don't know. It's just... He just always pissed me off. And I remember <laughs> feeling very satisfied after it happened because I was like... I finally... I was like... I stood up for myself... You know, and here I'll tell you this, kids. Just stand up for yourself if it happens. Don't worry about the outcome. You know, whatever. So, but I, I don't know. I wasn't a big... I don't get too angry at people. Like, I've never gotten to, like, wanting to, like, get to blows with you. Dude, you've almost won... Yeah, yeah. We have come very close to... <laughs> Jason Littlejohn said, Close on or close off wrestling, Pat. <laughs> I love our listeners. And then Adam, Ol- and then Adam Olstead said, did you tongue punch him? <laughs> I love our listeners, but those two guys can go fuck themselves. <laughs> oh, yeah, but Pat's a lover, not a fighter. Look at him. He's so, he's so messed up right now. Dude, Jason. <laughs> well, back in the day, Jason Littlejohn's Little Little a great dude. I met him Masters Week. He came down Masters Week. He came from Kentucky. Great well, dude. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit. He's making negative negative comments about me. And you can't you can't just laugh at him. It's pretty funny. Hey, Jason, that's funny. <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> All right, guys, tour junkies, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining in. Oh man, may your screens be green. <laughs> See you. <ya. laughs>